Hello, and welcome to MacCast, a podcast from the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. I'm Dr. Jack Rosenberry, sitting in for Lauren Vicker. This week, we have Rochester Institute of Technology Chief Information Officer Bob Finnerty as our guest. We'll get to conversation with Bob after we find out what's happening in the Department of Media and Communication. There will be a reception to honor Ryan Sutherland on Thursday, December 7th at 3.45 p.m. Ryan passed away in June. The reception will be unveiling a plaque that will hang in the Coma Courier. There will also be a mass held for Ryan in the chapel at 4.30. The Rochester Media Association and the Department of Media and Com is holding a social media and online rules for social media workshop. The workshop will be on Saturday, December 2nd from 10 to 11.30 in Piac 113. The workshop is free to students, but you have to register on line ahead of time at Rochester Media Association website. Visit Dr. Rosenberry for more information. PRSA is holding their annual holiday party at Knox Cocktail Lounge on Wednesday, December 6th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. There will be a silent auction to help raise money for the Charles S. Smith Scholarship. The event is free for students to attend. Visit the PRSA website for more information. Tune in tomorrow for the final episode of MacCast for the Fall Semester that will be broadcasted live on the Media and Com Facebook page. This episode will feature Tom Proietti. Proietti is a formal professor at Fisher and a current local media commentator. Welcome back to MacCast. I'm Jack Rosenberry. Joining us today is Rochester Institute of Technology Chief Information Officer Bob Finnerty. Bob is a Fairport native who came back to Rochester after attending college at Purdue University and working at a small newspaper in Rome, New York. That's something for which I can take some of the credit, but I think I'll let him tell that story. He has also had a long and varied career in media jobs around Rochester before joining RIT, where he's worked for 15 years. Welcome, Bob, and thanks for being here. Good to be here, Jack. In the introduction, I mentioned you've done a variety of things in media and communication. So could you tell us a little bit about your career path and how it prepared you for your current job? Uh, sure, Jack. Basically, it all started, believe it or not, in high school when I was a sports editor of my high school uh, newspaper in Fairport. And then I went to Purdue where I uh, was uh, joined the student newspaper my freshman year right away, as soon as I got there in August of my freshman year, and quickly came up through the ranks at the student newspaper and was the sports editor. And then I was able to get a large portfolio of clips and moved on to uh, Rome, New York, my first job, as you mentioned earlier, where I had a great first job out of college and then uh, sent my resume along after one year and was so blessed to move from Rome to Rochester, New York at that time, uh, which was a pretty big jump in those days to go from a circulation of the Rome paper of 100. uh, Actually, the Rome paper was like 15,000 circulation to a newspaper like the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, which at the time was probably over 150,000 weekday and well over 200,000 on Sundays. So that was a big leap for me, and actually, thank you for helping me make that leap. <laughs> and then after uh, the Democrat and Chronicle, I was there for probably um, a little over a dozen years, although I did take one stint where I left newspapers and went to Time Warner at the time called Our News, and that was a 24-hour, uh, and still is a 24-hour TV station, 
and I was at the assignment editor there, but then came back to the newspaper where I'd had various roles as a reporter covering many beats, everything from suburban reporter to police reporter to covering higher ed, jumped into the management ranks as an editor and was the metro editor and did that job for about six years uh, in, at the Democrat and Chronicle. And in 2002, I made that leap to go into public relations communications at RIT, and I've now been there 15 years. So judging by your career, it seems journalism and writing are a good foundation for a wide range of media and communication work. Absolutely. At the end of the day, um, I'm a storyteller, and I still feel like foundationally I'm a journalist. That's where uh, I began. That's, those are my true core strengths. That's my foundation. So it comes down to being a good communicator and um, strong writer. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm a, I'm a storyteller, and I look at myself as basically the chief storyteller of RIT. Okay. So what are some of the responsibilities you have in your job as chief communication officer for a large organization such as RIT? Well, it's very eclectic, and it's grown over time, and that's why I haven't gotten bored in my 15 years at RIT. So I oversee all public relations and media relations at RIT, uh, as well as various websites. I write speeches uh, for the president. Um, I'm in charge of sports information at uh, RIT, which kind of takes me back to my roots, which I really enjoy that part of my job. And um, I'm also in charge of social media at RIT. Uh, so it's a pretty big portfolio. And uh, the other thing that's worth mentioning, too, is although most of it's proactive media, I also in charge of uh, crisis communications at RIT, which is a fascinating part of the job. So it's never a dull moment. It continues to, to expand. I've been on a run where I've seen the, uh, uh, the increase of digital communication and have kind of led that the last 15 years. And, you know, I always feel like we've been at the forefront at RIT um, because we, are, we have technology in our name. Um, so the students actually have pushed me pretty hard uh, at RIT to stay yeah. current with social media, that type of thing. Okay. Are there any unique or at least unusual aspects to doing this work for an educational institution, maybe in comparison to a corporate environment or even other types of nonprofits, do you think? Well, it's very unique because you have so many different stakeholders uh, in higher ed. You have the students, the faculty, the staff. You have alumni. You have parents. And I also think it's exciting because at the end of the day in higher ed, you're promoting knowledge and media outlets are often coming to your uh, place in higher ed to get information that they can disperse to their readers. So even if the media, which has began to decline, were to suddenly go away, I feel like we're positioned to just tell good stories and put knowledge out there with all of our subject matter experts. I think that differentiates us from corporate media who are not as broad as we are. Good. Um, you manage a fairly large staff in the university's communication efforts. Can you tell us a little bit about what they do and then what the supervisory aspect of your job is like? Yeah, we have about 16 people on our team, and um, a lot of them have backgrounds in media, whether it be in journalism or coming up through the ad agencies. Uh, we kind of have an old newspaper system, to be honest, where we have uh, our writers cover beats. Many of them have, for example, two colleges that they cover. There are nine colleges within the university. So, for example, some of them just cover two colleges. It's their job to kind of mine stories 
in their in their specific colleges. We try to keep it fun for our writers so that they have kind of a left brain and left left brain and right brain beat. So one one writer might cover the College of Computing, and also cover the College of Liberal Arts. Um, so that gives them kind of a left brain right brain experience. And again, they they mine um, stories uh, by talking to their sources, which in this case would be the deans. Um, department heads, faculty that are doing research, even development officers who know uh, what's happening um, in their college. So pretty fun, and they do a lot of social media um, as well as writing stories for various publications that we put out. So it's a very eclectic uh, job and career, to be honest. Now, RIT is a very prominent organization locally and even has a national and bit of an international reputation. Is that a factor in how you approach your organization's communication efforts? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've come such a long way in the last 25 years. I've been there 15, but now we're known as a national research university. And quite frankly, 53% um, of our undergraduate students come from outside the state of New York. And we have, um, for example, California is now number four, number five in the number of applications to come into RIT. So there are some stories that you won't even see in Rochester, New York, that we're putting out. I've done a lot of work in Silicon Valley um, with um, social media and um, even sponsored content that you'll see in Silicon Valley that represents uh, uh, RIT, but you won't see it here in Rochester. <laughs> Only 12% of our student body is from Rochester, New York. We're a little different, actually, than, than uh, a lot of schools in this area. Uh, so we have to segment our audience and uh, messaging. Also, we do have five campuses overseas. We have uh, good connections in China, uh, Kosovo, Dubai, and Croatia, two campuses in Croatia. And I'm actually uh, on email with um, those PR chiefs in those specific sites um, probably at least once a week, uh, helping them manage things and them sharing stories for us had the pleasure of going over to Kosovo and Croatia, and quite frankly, my goal is to find an excuse to go to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, there's a lot of cool stories, that, and I, I know I'll be there in my career because there's some really cool stuff coming out of Dubai. Uh, we've got an engineering program there that is working on what's called the future of smart cities, uh -huh. and Dubai is a very cosmopolitan city, and they're trying to set it up so that it's completely efficient on the grid, if you will, um, so I think we're going to do a lot of work there and bring that back to the States. And the only way to do that story, Jack, is to go to Dubai. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you need to book your plane tickets tomorrow. That's right. Um, and this is a good segue from that because, you know, university has a lot of um, interesting and positive news to report, and that's a lot of what you've been talking about. But there are times when crisis communication comes into play, which you even mentioned as part of some of your roles. Um, what sorts of strategies do you have to prepare for those days when, when they inevitably come along? Yeah, what we've seen is an evolution there because RIT's gotten larger and more of a sophisticated university in the last 20 years. It raises the stakes uh, on reputational issues and crisis management. And I think we've done a very good job when it comes to your typical crisis communication uh, involving things that involve public safety when students um, have to be warn that there's a bad weather situation or there's a potential bad person on campus. Um, but it's grown in the last, to be honest, the last three years with more reputational uh, issues. And we have good plans in place. 
Um, I think there is kind of a new normal in today's society. And um, even with social media, the ability to uh, for people to put your institution in a bad light pretty quickly and um, then having the ability to, to, to respond um, is very important. So, yes, I've been working more often with our vice presidents and even our attorneys in the last three years to, to sharpen up on that area. Um, it's important work. And, you know, the other thing there is sometimes there's jokes made about people like myself being flax or, or spin doctors. And, you know, I think I, I kind of don't like that term because I go back to my journalism days and it's, it's truly about telling the truth and being ethical. So um, those are foundational things that are with me. So what advice would you have for students who are interested in careers in communication in the educational environment? Yes, my advice there is obviously learn and do a lot in the classroom, but then that's only like one third or less than a half of what you should be doing. I think you need to be out um, involved with clubs and other extracurricular activities, whether it's working at the student newspaper or um, student clubs or the, the radio station, whatever you might have at your campus. You need to have a portfolio, um, getting internships. Even it, it might even be being the PR chief of your fraternity or sorority. You should at least start there um, and, and writing newsletters, that type of thing for the clubs that you're involved with and just staying active, staying involved. Uh, I think you know this. You and I used to hire people at the DNC, um, Jack. You might have a, a big degree from a big university, but if you don't have a portfolio um, and you haven't done uh, hands-on work, you're not going to get that first job. So internships, even if you have to do free internships uh, during the summer for small paper or write news, news releases for your church or your local politician, um, you've got you to gotta get the writing down. Okay. Thanks so much, Bob. This has been a really interesting conversation about you and your work and uh, the RIT's uh, place in the community and, and the, broader, the broader community, you know, nationally and internationally. So thank, thank you again for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Jack. Uh, just a final word, too. I think communications is um, very important to all organizations. Um, you are the hub of a lot of things. Um, so I think the career opportunities are endless out there for those who are studying communications. And uh, you'll have a, a, a fun career. You just don't know where, you, where it's going to take you. And, um, but I think that's a healthy career choice to pick at, at this day and age. Okay. Thanks again, Bob. MacCast is a production of the Department of Media and Communication at St. John Fisher College. Subscribe on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts to stay in touch and recommend MacCast to a friend. Zach Beaver is our audio producer. Dr. Joseph Wolpicaro composed and performed our original theme music. Jordan Prieti designed our logo. Cecil Felton is our executive producer, and I'm Jack Rosenberry. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.